Welcome to the 21st episode of the Practical Operations Podcast. I'm Brendan Diesendorf. I'm Jack Neely. And I'm Jared Watkins. We are here to talk about the practical side of operations work. This week, we're talking about the scary reality of sharing opinions online, asking for help, and the occasional need for a thick skin. The occasional need for a really thick skin. Yeah, the sad reality of the internet is it's full of people, and people suck. Yeah. Well, especially anonymous people. Yeah, there's a Penny especially Arcade cartoon. Especially behind a, a slash dot comment. <laughs> there's an old Penny Arcade um, comic panel from many years ago that talked about the internet plus anonymity, anonymity equals you know total jerk bag or whatever. That's very relevant to this conversation. When you put anything on the internet, if you put a code example, if you put a comment on Reddit, if you post to a mailing list, you are going to get often very negative feedback saying, this is why you did this thing wrong. You're a bad person and you should feel bad. Hey, usually I just don't get nothing at all. <laughs> In that Forget. style of broken English. I'm actually sort of uh, take it as an odd compliment when when I get uh, comments or feedback to uh, some of my code or some of uh, the emails I've sent that are kind of inflammatory because uh, that actually means that that people are reading and paying attention. A number of weeks ago, I was talking with some group of folks on Reddit about Elasticsearch and sizing and, and Splunk costs, and I I made a, a passing reference to the size of the Splunk quote and a passing reference to the number of logs we were doing, and a bunch of people immediately jumped on with the, I'm smarter than you are, and there's no way you're possibly processing that many logs. And at that point, I, I realized that there's no point continuing the conversation, but, you know, it was very, very, my, my blood started flowing. I was very ready to dive into it and start yelling and screaming. And I realized that I was just being baited and there was no point in rising to the occasion. A lot of times it's just not worth it. There are, there are a few times in life where uh, the ideal is more important than your code and more important than you are. Uh, but being able to discern those moments from the time it's just not worth it is is actually kind of hard, and usually it's just not worth it. Well, especially if you're caught into the heat of the moment, like like Brendan was. If you're, you know, someone's wrong on the internet. <laughs> well, isn't Linus Torvalds the the shining example of this? He takes he the has crown. Some really inflammatory emails and comments and. Wow. Sometime I used to read the Linux kernel mailing list when I was in college for the the humor value. So humor? if you read his examples or reasonings why he does it, uh, and he says he does it because he's one, he, he just doesn't want to deal with uh, PC or, or uh, uh, he, he doesn't want there to be a a doubt in why he's thinking it or he, he, he does also doesn't want to be polite because he's afraid people won't listen. Um, I sort of get it, but at the same time, I think he could tone it down like 10 notches or, <laughs> or 110 he, he notches. Right. And this, this kind of leads into trying to figure out if you're new in a, a group, uh, the Linux kernel uh, maintainers groups, uh, and there are many at this point, or making your own source code and, and have a email list or a Reddit uh, a question about it. 
um, and just trying to figure out what the exact culture of that group is. Um, if it's your own project, what you want the culture to be. Um, and sometimes it's not really obvious what that is until, until something less pleasant than you would expect happens. Well, and I think there is, is a, a case for you to kind of keep your ego in check. I mean, if you, if you do make a mistake or, or come in strong and someone says, Hey, you know, we don't talk that way or that's the wrong way to, most common is like on GitHub. We we prefer pull requests versus a, a bug report, or we do our bug reports this way, or whatever. Instead of immediately like, well, this way is the right way. Why are you doing it this way? Just be like, oh, I'm sorry, and then just try to do what that project normally does and uh, show some humility. When in Rome and GitHub's pull requests, I actually think work really well as far as focusing. Uh, people's talent and comments into being uh, a constructive criticism. Although I've definitely got some some less than constructive criticism. Um, and, you know, being on the other side of getting random pull requests, because it happens, because um, somebody from the other side of the globe is using your code, and uh, they might be adding something that you find very useful or that you find is, is half very useful, um, and trying to balance... Um, what constructive feedback can I give to help this person complete this feature or what cleanup do I want to do in the future regarding this feature that I view is partially complete um, and, and exactly how to, how to guide your own uh, the comments and uh, commits to your own code. One of the aspects of that, that I, I find interesting is a lot of project maintainers have to have a very careful balance between taking on a new feature that will help a group of people in the project versus taking on a new, you know, I, I don't want to support that whole code path because it's going to be prickly and doesn't really integrate well with the project and other pieces. And gracefully being able to tell the, the committer, it's like, this doesn't fit, or this should be a sub-module, or, you know, please maintain your own fork because I, I don't want to bring this into the main project. If you handle that gracefully, it's it can be pleasant. And if you handle it like a lot of people do, you're just rude about it. Either you never respond or you just decline it and that's it. It takes real effort. Um, I find that that real effort is is usually very worthwhile. And I can, can I just say, I love PRs. I just, I, I love, because I always learn something in them. Um, you know, different ways people like to style things or different ways to think about things um and i and i never take uh i guess uh comments on on my prs in a negative fashion i i view it as a way to to make me a better uh, programmer sysadmin just better all around uh but i guess also on the conversely on that all all of my feedback has generally been in a positive light i guess you would say it wasn't like a why would you do this it's more of hey i think this is better or this is uh, a different way that might be more acceptable, yada yada yada. So uh, I've always treated it as a as a benefit to me and to the code base that I'm committing the the code to. In my limited experience, PRs are usually more about the code and the implementation of code, and mailing list discussions are usually more about the personalities of the people on the list who are having the discussion. And who, if you if you can make a forceful point 
and eloquently and whatever on the list, that's great. And you, you win the day. But when, with the PR, it's the, yeah, the code isn't indented correctly. You're using crazy variable names and whatever else. Let's, let's get this clean so it matches the standards of the project. And it's a much more direct way to look and say, look, the problem we have is the code, not the person. The, the thing that I think the, the internet makes difficult is when you're writing a blog post or an email or a post on Reddit, it's, it's just really hard to convey uh, emotional subtlety. And that makes a lot of jokes fall flat and a lot of people trying to be funny. Yeah. Um, and this is really one of the reasons why I do like um, working with pull requests and spinning things that way, because uh, I think that keeps a lot of the, the. It keeps people from mistaking uh, context in, in contextlessness, of, of feedback from, uh, in text, uh, you don't see the person's face. You can't really uh, judge what their their attitude or emotions really are. Um, and that's why I think that PRs really excel as far as, as criticism, as far as being a learning tool, and as far as being able to commit good code to, to open source projects. I also have been finding Reddit to be more and more useful recently, mostly because of the ridiculous upvote system they have, which has many, many flaws. Um, but it also helps generally to steer the conversation in a way that the moderators find acceptable. And if you're if you're in a subreddit that is saying, okay, we are strictly a coding subreddit or we are strictly a espresso machine rebuild subreddit or whatever it is, and we don't allow, you know, comments of derisive or sexual nature, it helps to self-regulate the community into being something that's more more focused on the what you want. Um, there are certainly parts of Reddit that are absolutely awful and they are representing the worst of humanity. Do not get me wrong on that. But if you have somebody who's able to maintain community and actually care about it and build it, you can do really wonderful things there. I know a lot of conferences have started um, developing uh, safe spaces and other uh, community uh, behavioral guidelines. Um, but I'm not really too familiar with those, uh, most because I don't read them because doesn't everybody have an acceptable use policy? From what I remember, that a, a lot of the conference safe space stuff started from, I think it was there was two guys at a tech conference, I don't know, five, ten years ago now, who were making body jokes in the back of the audience. And the, they were sitting in front of, I think, a young woman who felt very threatened by their humor and the way they were dehumanize dehumanizing women i don't remember exactly the details so i'm probably getting part of it wrong and she complained to the conference organizer saying look i don't feel i feel objectified and unsafe in this conference and that's not cool and that sort of kicked off this wave of let's make sure that you know a lot of people who go to tech conferences are you know upper middle class white men who don't have a lot of social context and experience let's remind everybody that not everybody is like you and you need to be a little more understanding of the folks around you um of course like anything this can be taken too far but i think in general the the meaning behind the safe spaces stuff at conferences is is well meant and if you apply it the way that they mean it it is a positive thing helping all people who showed up show up at the conference to feel accepted and welcome regardless of their religion or sexual orientation or what have you we want all people to feel welcome 
period, end of statement. Um, no matter uh, no matter what, you should be able to feel welcome and appreciate the conference or or Linux users group or whatever group you're participating in and be able to freely participate. Yeah, I mean, Monitorama is not a conference about white guys who monitor stuff. It's about people who monitor stuff. And yep. if you feel excluded or you feel marginalized or you feel dehumanized by the the people who are at the conference, you're not going to want to go back. And then the conference very quickly self-selects towards a certain group of people. And again, community, That's you, not ne- cool. you need to maintain community for these things. Without, without uh, a wide, large community, uh, you can't make uh, a lot of progress. Um, as as much as as Linus can be a a bad example of of how I would not prefer to run an open source project um, without the masses of people and nationalities and beliefs that have come together to make the Linux kernel, uh, where would this podcast be today? Exactly, I, I was just about to say when you when you increase diversity, you always get more viewpoints and see things in different perspectives than what you obviously what you can see or what you understand and it just helps everyone grow and learn and the uh, whole is more than the sum of its parts exactly so what are some good practices that that we can do to uh, help treat people fairly and be successful with our own open source projects and interacting with others Well, for things that we can do directly, the first is to have a thick skin and realize that a lot of people who make comments about things probably aren't attacking your character, even though it may feel like that or seem like that, that they're saying something about something you've put a lot of effort and time and passion into, and they're saying something negative about it. That is not a direct condemnation of you. You need to be able to say, okay, they're, they're saying you did a really poor job handling, you know, the way you're, you're mapping this memory object this is not a good way to do this. This isn't saying that you're a stupid person. This is saying that you need to have a different approach to this. So having a thick skin and being able to look past the immediate knee-jerk emotional reaction is the first and most important thing that you can do to help keep the conversation civil. One thing I always try to do is try to be mindful of the uh, pronouns that I use in like documentation or examples uh, and just try to basically use non-gender ones like they them versus he or she just to kind of help skirt any kind of issue like that if someone just assuming the sexual orientation of someone who is reading the documentation or is consuming uh, the project that you are building absolutely and if you're in a position where you have to use a more definite pronoun i find that it helps to every paragraph alternate the gendered pronoun you're using just to be clear that you're not referring to one group or another. Exactly. I'm in the habit of avoiding uh, the words I, you, um, gender-specific pronouns in documentation I write. And I find that that usually uh, helps me write more professional documentation um, and skirts around all of these issues, really. Another piece of the puzzle to having better interaction with other people and making your life and other people's lives better is while you accept stuff, you need to be able to cast off whatever you can in terms of this is not coming out right at all. Wow. Not just being free from emotion about stuff coming towards you. When you are 
commenting on other people's stuff, have an overabundance of caution about your tone of voice, the way things sound. Try to be very positive in your criticism. And so instead of saying, okay, you're an idiot for doing this piece of code, say, hey, you're doing this, which is I don't think is all that efficient. If you had tried this other method, maybe this would have been better for you. You moron, why are you opening and closing the TCP socket for every connection? <laughs> or wouldn't this be more efficient if you hold open the TCP socket so that we can share the same connection and use less resources and perhaps lose the overhead of establishing and tearing down the socket every time? Another way that I, I like to do it is sometimes pose it as a question to kind of put it back on the um, person to try and come up with a reasoning of why they did it a certain way. Maybe that will help them go, oh, yeah, I should have done it this way, or maybe they really don't know, and it was their only way that they had learned. Um, so that way it, it doesn't come across as a, as a hard criticism. Um, one of the things I did recently in a PR was telling the developer that I was working with, I said, I, I really, it's a personal thing of mine, but I really can't stand when people name a variable new or temp or whatever, because the next time you have to do this, what do you call it? There's, it, it's hard to find the next, the next thing to iterate to. So I, I like you to too. get, I, I like to do something descriptive, whatever it is, as best you can. And the developer came back and said, well, actually the, the Kafka, the new Kafka consumer is called the new consumer. And that's what they call it. So that's what I'm calling it because it matches upstream. And I went, oh, well, that actually does make a whole lot of sense. And I found myself in that moment being really happy that I'd, I'd approached it in a very friendly way and saying, hey, this is something that bothers me when people do it and not something saying, hey, I don't like when you do this because it turns out that he was just following upstream. And everybody learned something in the situation. And that's, that's what we're here to do. Uh, one of the things I like to uh, to do myself um, and tell others, and I am so guilty of not doing it, is when somebody submits a PR for me, or if I want to comment on on something relating to a project I'm working on, I always try to do so in a timely fashion. Um, that keeps that communication channel flowing well. Um, you don't forget what the context of, of the changes are in the midst and just keeps things working so much better. And I am so guilty of not doing it. I've got a pile of, of actually work-related PR sitting in my inbox right now. <laughs> and I thank those people on the internet for submitting them because they've been useful. I'm reminded of a, the other kind of takeaway from all of this for me, which is Will Wheaton's kind of Will Wheaton's law from, I think it was PAX 2007, where he got up on stage and he was talking about a bunch of different things. And at the end, it's the, come on, guys, just don't be a dick. And that summarizes it really nicely. There's a lot of ways you can offer specific do's and don'ts and criticisms and things. But at the end of the day, be a human and think about the impact that your statements are going to have on both the person you're talking to and the community you're talking to. And try as hard as you can to not be a dick. Well said. I always encourage people to remember that, you know, we're all here to, to better each other and learn something and, and advance the state of the art. Um, we're not here to make each other miserable. 
when I'm uh, working to advance the state of the art, uh, that's really what makes me the happiest. Absolutely. That wraps it up for the 21st episode of the Practical Operations Podcast. We've been Brendan Diesendorf, Jack Neely, and I'm Jared Watkins. Thank you, and good night. Please take the time to rate our show in iTunes. It's the best way for new listeners to find us. Additionally, we welcome any feedback about shows we've recorded or topics you would like us to cover. Uh, you can leave a comment on our website or email us at feedback at operations.fm.